Hi, I'm Mike, lead pastor at The Ridge, and this is our weekly podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our desire is for you to grow in relationship with God, connect with others, and to experience God's purpose for life by adding value to the life of another. I hope that this message will build your faith and encourage you as we seek to grow together in God's Word. Enjoy today's message. Comfortably numb. We're teaching through the book of Malachi. That's the last book of the Bible that's found in the Old Testament. Today we're in chapter 2. We'll be in the third passage in chapter 2. And this passage, it kind of spills over to the beginning of chapter 3. Here's how it begins. Malachi 2, verse 17. You have wearied the Lord. How's that for an opening line? You have wearied the Lord. I think that's kind of funny because here's this almighty, all-powerful God who doesn't slumber, who doesn't sleep, and he's saying, you guys are wearing me out. (laughs) You're exhausting me. Well, how? How were they wearing God out? Well, the people in this passage, they were doing something like this. Anybody have a kid like that? Yeah, me too. I remember. Dad, why is the sky blue? Naively, I took a swing at that. I said, well, because the light from the sun, it hits the atmosphere and it disperses. Thinking, you know, not, not done yet. Why? Well, because light, it, uh, it travels in waves. Why? Well, because, you know, each different color has a different wavelength. Why? I don't know. Why? Because I didn't pay attention in high school science class. That's why. Anybody have a kid that asks all those questions? You're thinking, man, that kid's just tiring me out. Well, you're not alone. God. That's what God was feeling. That's what God was experiencing here. Malachi. We've had two chapters. They've already asked God six questions. Well, two more questions are coming up in the passage of today. Here's the first one. Verse 17. You have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? Here's the answer. By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Does that sound familiar? Because we still use that kind of thinking and philosophy today. Here's how we phrase it today. We say this, we say, it's all good. That's what this passage, that's what this verse is saying. They're saying the same thing. We say, well, it's all good. Today, the greatest values of our culture are tolerance and acceptance and love. And those are good. Those are biblical values. We just leave out the value of truth. We say, well, it's all good. If it's true for you, then it's true. If it's good for you, then it's good. If it's right for you, then it's right. And if anyone tells you something different than that, then that's intolerance. If anyone says that some of the things I like or I feel or I think or I do are wrong, that's unloving. Understand this, Malachi, this book in the Bible, it's more than 2,000 years old. They were doing the same thing back then. 
Our culture is not the first culture to think that up because we are so refined and enlightened. It's all good. That has been the default human philosophy all the way back to Adam and Eve. In the beginning, God said, there is good and there is evil. That one tree over there, not good. Don't. But we likes it. But we wants it. It's been going on throughout all history. That's why Malachi says this, verse 17, you have wearied the Lord with your words. How have we wearied him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord and he is pleased with them. Followers of Jesus don't believe that it's all good because we don't believe that the highest authority is me and my desires and my preferences and my feelings. Followers of Jesus believe that there is a higher authority, God. He made it. He designed it. He tells us what's good and he tells us what's bad in this book, the Bible. It's not just all opinion. It's not just all different perspectives. It's not just all okay. We put our faith, we put our trust in Him. Okay, two issues in this passage in Malachi 2. That's the first. Okay, the first. The people were wearing God out by grabbing hold of that age-old false teaching. It's all good. Here's the second. Verse 17 continues. Where is the God of justice? I have asked that same question many times. Have you? God, why is this happening to me? God, why are you allowing this pain in my life? God, why aren't you protecting me from this? God, why are good things happening to that person, but they're not happening to me? God, why am I going through this mess, but they aren't? There was a gap between what the people were expecting from God and what they were experiencing through God. And so they asked this question, where is the God of justice? Really good question. It's a question that people have been having all throughout history. So wouldn't it be nice to know how God responds to that question? He's asked that point, that point blank in this passage today. How does God respond? Well, God, he doesn't give them a full-blown explanation for the pain that they were experiencing. Rather, here's what God does. He responds directly to that question, but he does it by redirecting their thinking to something else. He answers that question by directing them to something that was coming in the future. Here's his response. Chapter 3, verse 1. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Does that sound vaguely familiar? Because this verse is found in the first four books of the New Testament. Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, each one of the gospel writers take this same verse, these words from Malachi 3, 1, and tell us these words were fulfilled in John the Baptist. 
You may know about John the Baptist. That's where the prophecy comes from, right here. Malachi 3, verse 1. John, quite, quite a character. Right? We're told in the New Testament that this guy, he ate locusts and he wore camel hair clothing. And if you're wondering, camel hair clothing, I mean, was that, was that like a thing back then? Would that have put John on a magazine like this? Right? John, the best dressed prophets? <laughs> no. Camel's hair clothing, it's not now and it never has been considered even remotely fashionable. Yet, people flocked to John. Why? Well, because John was from God. He's fulfilling this prophecy from Malachi. John's role was to prepare the way. Okay, prepare the way for what? Get ready for what? Keep reading. Malachi continues, verse 1 of chapter 3, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. That's John the Baptist. Then, suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Do you know who that is? They didn't. Because Malachi was written 400 B.C. But we do. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. Jesus. Jesus. That's Jesus. God tells them about Jesus 400 years before Bethlehem. Malachi is saying, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. This prophecy about the coming Messiah, this prophecy telling us Jesus, he's going to come. Do you know what the context was when that was delivered? It's really significant. The context of that prophecy was this. The people in the days of Malachi, they had questions. They were asking God, where are you? God, why is this happening? Are you fair? Are you good? They've got all these complaints. They've got all these questions. How does God answer them? God answers them the same way that he answers us. His answer? Jesus. Jesus. Say, well, God, my life hurts. Do you care? Yeah, Jesus. Well, God, I'm in pain. My my heart has been broken. Do you love? Yeah, Jesus. God, things don't seem fair and things, they, they don't seem right. Why? Why this? Why me? Where is this God of justice? I'll tell you where. He's hanging on a cross. Not because of his bad, but because of his grace. And his name is Jesus. Verse 17. Where is the God of justice? Here is God's response to that question. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then, suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. God, he's saying to them, I know that you're hurting. 
I know that you've got questions. I know that you've had a bad day. I know that you've had a bad year. I know you wonder if I care. I know you wonder if I even know what I'm doing. And God is saying, yes, I do. I care. I know what I'm doing. Let's talk about Jesus. In Jesus, there are answers for you. In Jesus, there is love for you. In Jesus, there is provision for you. And that, that's encouraging. That's not the end of the passage. Malachi goes on to address the question, what will Jesus do? Okay, he's coming. You're going to send a Messiah. Why? What's going to be his role? What's he going to do? Malachi gives us two images. Before Jesus even got here, 400 years before Jesus showed up, Malachi gives us two images telling us what Jesus is going to be like, what he's going to do. First image. It's kind of like, kind of like this. Super Bowl Sunday. Right? We already talked about, right? There's two teams that are going to play later today. Team number one. The San Francisco 49ers, led by Cyclone, Brock Purdy, and Hawkeye, George Kittle. And then there's team number two. And team number two, with Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team. What's their name? It doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. You know, here's why I think it's not really fair. I think it's not really fair that Taylor Swift gets to the Super Bowl before Dak Prescott does. It doesn't seem very fair to me. But it is what it is. I want us to take uh, just a few moments to think about the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. Why, why that nickname? You know, we, we got nicknames like the Bears and you got the Lions and the Chiefs. And we're like, yeah, those are good football names. Why the 49ers? Well, here's why. The 49ers, well, that goes back, it stands for 1849. In 1849, people flocked to Northern California to find gold. When they found gold in California, it was valuable, but the gold that they found, it was also contaminated, contaminated gold. So through time, what happens is gold, it bonds with other rocks and it bonds with other minerals to form an impure compound. What has to happen to remove the impurities and to get pure gold? Next verse in the Bible tells us. Look at verse 2 in Malachi 3. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold. Malachi is saying, one of the things this Messiah, one of the things that Jesus does for us, he refines us. He separates what is precious and what is valuable in us from what is not. Well, how does that happen? How how does gold get refined? Heat. Fire. The refiner's fire. The purpose of the refiner's fire is not to destroy. The purpose of the refiner's fire is to perfect. The refiner's fire, when the heat gets turned up, things melt. 
the heavier gold, well, it sinks to the bottom and the impurities, they rise up to the top. So then the impurities, they can just be skimmed off so that the gold becomes pure. Malachi, he's teaching you and I, we're like that. We're gold, but we got some impurities. We have some bad habits. We have some character issues. We have some heart issues. How can we get those things changed? How can we get those things removed? He says, well, the refiner's fire. And note, Jesus is not the fire. This is an important distinction. Jesus is not the fire. He's the refiner which means he's not the one that causes the fires in life, but he's the one who can use the fires in life for redemptive purposes. That's a little different. You know, sometimes the fires in our lives, let's be honest, sometimes the fires in our life are caused by us. Things we've done, decisions that we've made. Sometimes the fires in our life is because of somebody else. Somebody else who's hurt us. Somebody else who's done something against us. Sometimes the fires in our life are because we have an enemy. Satan is at work in this world. He's opposing you. There is spiritual warfare that happens. Why? Here's here's what I think. We will not get all our why question answered in this life. We're not going to get the answers to every why question that we have. Is there anybody who's in the fire today. Ha- having a challenge or a difficulty or something that you don't want in your life, you're, you're feeling the heat, understand that, this. That, that doesn't mean God has left. That doesn't mean that you're being punished. That doesn't mean that you're not loved. The presence of fire does not negate the goodness of God. The most painful things in life aren't from the Lord, but can be used by the Lord to make us more like the Lord, to refine us. That's what Malachi is teaching here. He's saying that that's one of the things that Jesus does in our life. He refines us. So my suggestion, when you find yourself in the fire, when things are happening in your life that you don't like and you don't want and you don't desire, stop being like that three-year-old kid saying, why, 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 God, why? Why are you letting this happen? Why me? Why now? And instead, ask a different question. Ask this question, how? God, how can you use this? God, what in me Can you change? How can I become more like Jesus? God doesn't typically, he's not typically the cause of our hurts and our pains and our challenges. God's not the source of the fire, but he can use the fires to shape us and refine us and perfect us. Well, refiner, that is one image Malachi gives us of Jesus. Here's the other. Verse two continues. He will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. 
So one is the refiner's fire. Here's the second, soap. Soap. You take a shower today? I kind of hope so. Please take another one tomorrow. Why do we do that? Why do we use soap? Well, we know, right? It's second nature to us. We use soap because we get dirty. Soap is what we use to wash and to cleanse. Malachi, same kind of thing going on here. Only Malachi, he's not just talking about physical dirt. Here he's talking about spiritual dirt. Does anybody have dirt in your life? You know, something you said, something you did, something you didn't do. And inside, you feel bad. Or something inside you. It's like, I don't feel worthy. I, I, feel, I feel dirty. 1 John 1, verse 8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins. See, when we confess, that simply means we acknowledge it's not all good. It's not all good. It's not all good in me. There is a God. He has a standard. I've missed it. I've messed up. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, here's the good part. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. When we accept Jesus, when we accept his sacrifice on the cross for us to cover our sins, the Bible tells us we are forgiven and not kind of forgiven. The Bible tells us we are fully forgiven. We are freely forgiven. We don't need to pay it back. We don't need to work it off. God loves you and he has the authority. Jesus has the authority to forgive you. No more shame, no more guilt. And this There was one more thing in here. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's the same thing Malachi is talking about. Purify us from all unrighteousness, forgiven and cleansed. Both. We're not forgiven and dirty. We're forgiven and cleansed. We're not forgiven, but you know, we're still stained. No, we're forgiven and cleansed. We're not forgiven, but beat up and damaged. No, we are forgiven and we are cleansed. Malachi, he's saying, Jesus, here's what he can do in our life. He can forgive us and he's he can take the dirt away. He makes us clean, which means... That sin has no claim on your identity. Forgiven and cleansed. Means that memory, it has no authority in your mind. Don't let it keep getting back in there. Remember, you have been forgiven and you have been cleansed. Both that shame that sneaks into your life every once in a while. Remember, it has no place. It has no right to be in your life because through Jesus, you have been forgiven and you have also been cleansed. Don't define yourself by things that you've done wrong. Define yourself by what Jesus has done right. 
Don't define yourself by hurtful things that have been done to you. Define yourself by what Jesus has done for you. Verse 17. You have wearied the Lord with your words. Well, how have we wearied him, you ask? By saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Or, where is the God of justice? It's a good question. It's a relevant question. Look around the world today, and we say, well, where is this God of justice? Because I see a lot of things that don't seem like they're fair and don't seem like they're just. Where is he? Atheism claims, well, there really is no ultimate justice because there is no God. What you see, that's all there is. Deism and religions that align with deism, they claim that there is a God, but, you know, he's a galaxy far, far away. He doesn't really care about us. He's not involved with us. We're on our own. Monism or Eastern religions, they claim, well, God, he is both good and evil. The yin and the yang, he's both of those. A God who's the source of evil? Could you worship a God like that? I don't think I could. Christianity. Christianity is different. Christianity claims God is good. Evil was brought into this world when people chose not to trust and to follow his good ways. And so now it's woven into the human systems and there's not always a direct cause. But God, but God, God, he's good. And God, he's powerful. And God, he came and he sacrificed and he rose and he conquers. And God, he's not done yet. Today, your life, it may be hard, but God is not absent. Today, your life may be painful, but God, he is not indifferent and he's not done. Your story's not over. He's a refiner. He's a cleaner. Malachi chapter 3. The people, they were experiencing this gap between what they expected from God and what they were experiencing through God. They had all these complaints. They had all these questions. God, where are you? God, why is this happening? Are you fair? Are you good? Do you even care? And into that, God answered them the same way that he answers those questions for us. Here's God's answer. Chapter 3, verse 1. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Jesus, the answer to all of our questions about pain and about suffering and about fairness and justice, the answer is Jesus. So, well, God, 
My life hurts. Do you care? And God says, yeah, Jesus. Say, well, God, my life, you know, I'm in pain. My heart hurts. It's been broken. God, do you love? God says, yes, Jesus. Say, well, God, things don't seem right. Things don't seem fair. Why? Why me? Why this? Where is this God of justice? He's hanging on a cross. He's resurrected from the grave, and his name is Jesus. Yes, he knows. Yes, he cares. And he's not done yet. Don't count God out. Don't lose your hope. Thanks for joining us today and listening to our weekly podcast. My name is Will Heron. I'm the Director of Discipleship here at The Ridge. If you would like to dig a little deeper into what we've been talking about today, uh, be sure to check out Beyond the Sermon. This is a weekly devotional that goes out after second service on Sunday. There you'll find the scripture that we've been looking at, some questions for you to, to dive into. But then there's also a discussion uh, that I have with whoever is teaching that Sunday, and we just dive deeper into different themes and topics from the sermon. If you've enjoyed our podcast, feel free to share it with your friends, and also jump on our website, ridgelife.org, to get more connected here at the Ridge.